Did the NCAA kill Letter of Intent Day? And the Pac-12 versus the SEC, that's what's coming up next on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to thank everyone for coming along for the ride. I really hope you're enjoying the show. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, and if you haven't done so already, do me a favor. Hit that red subscribe button. It would mean an awful lot. And to those of you who already have, thank you so much. And as always... Follow me on my Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. Okay, so the Trojans and the Auburn Tigers, they hooked up for us on Sunday for a, for a game of basketball. And we're going to talk about that shortly. With the early signing period coming up, starting on Wednesday, December 21st, um, football recruiting is going to get first dibs around here. And I know everybody appreciates that. We will get to the uh, USC-Auburn game here very, very shortly. But again, let's uh, let's talk early signing period. Let's talk NCAA. Let's talk football recruiting. The transfer portal. Well, let me back up here a second. With, um, with the early signing period uh, kicking off on Wednesday, um, everybody's kind of been focused on the transfer portal. And... I'm kind of wondering why. I mean, there was a day, there was a time, and it wasn't that long ago. I'm going to say before 2018 that Letter of Intent Day was a huge deal. I mean, I know people who would take off work uh, so they could sit around the TV and watch as the commitments rolled in from early morning till late in the afternoon, early evening. That was then, this is now. You now have an early signing period. And for me, recruiting just isn't as fun as it as it was back in the day. And again, I'm talking about five years ago, less than five years ago. Um, it, it kind of feels like the early signing period now, because everybody knows, for the most part, who's committed to your school and who who intends to sign early, who intends to enroll early so they get partake in spring camp, and who the and the and the and the handful of elite players who uh, are going to wait until that February letter of intent date that everybody's so familiar with. Um, but for me at least early signing day, it kind of just feels like a side dish. The the you pass around the holiday t- uh, table during, you know, it's like a bowl of mashed potatoes or, or stuffing. Um, everybody knows that they're getting steak. Everybody knows that Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon and Zechariah Branch, those are the three five stars that have made it known they intend to be USC Trojans and they intend to sign with USC during the early signing period. It's not even a day. It's a period from Wednesday. And then you get three days uh, where we're, we're High school students 
high school recruits, anybody actually, can uh, put their name on the dotted line and fax in their letter of intent to their to the university of their choice. So again, it's not even a day anymore. It's the early signing period. And while it's a it's, it, it, it brings a new dynamic to college recruiting, in my opinion, it's just it's not as satisfying. Um, I really love that one day in February, the, what was it, the first Wednesday, um, that you just look forward to. It, it was like it was like Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, and everything rolled up into one extra gift-giving day after Christmas, after the holidays in February. And we will still, we still have letter intent in February, but it's again, it, it's. It's just it's kind of there at the end of the road, and you're those guys. Those are the players that will kind of just finish off the, the high school recruiting class, because you still have another transfer portal window that will open up uh, in May. So now the process it, it it's almost like it's even though it's not twenty four seven three sixty five, it kind of feels like it. So with Let's be honest, the transfer portal is free agency. You have the early signing period, and then you have another signing day, and then you have another free agency window. I'm not saying college football is dying on a vine, but it's, let's just say it's going through a transition process, uh, process right now. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it's not good or bad. I think it is what it is. You just have to kind of see where it's going and, and hope that uh, some guardrails can be put in place. And you don't want the NCAA to overcorrect um, because right now they're kind of hands off and this is what you're getting. So, um, and another thing with the, why I think the early signing period and the invention of the transfer portal the NCA, I, I don't think they intended to, but I actually think they're they're killing the high school recruiting because I think coaching staffs are starting to focus more on the transfer portal because guys who you can bring in through the portal, typically they've got at least one, two, and on a lot of cases, more than two years of college development under their belts. Coaches can now recruit that player fill the hole and it's the the risk versus the the reward versus the risk of of developing and waiting on high school players it's lessened especially because with the transfer portal players aren't sticking around if they're not happy with their current situation so again it's a paradigm shift it it, it recruiting's all about relationships I don't know how strong relationships are in today's game of college football. Again, because of the early signing period, because recruits know that, hey, even if I sign early, I don't have to stick around. I'll, I'll kind of give it a test run. <clears throat> so again, you know, the NCAA, they're, they, they, they're giving the young men, the kids, a second chance to kind of make another all, you know, life-altering decision. We talk about how 
we should give these kids this space. They're making a big life-changing decision out of high school, picking a, a college. Well, as it turns out, it's not that big of a decision. The NCAA, the NCAA told them so. You can change your mind. So just ahead of the early signing period, just a couple days out, which kaboom would make a bigger impact for USC? So USC has gotten a, a high school recruit commitment in Elijah Hughes, defensive end from state of Virginia, but they also got a trans, uh, portal transfer from Kyan Bars, the defensive tackle from the University of Arizona. Kyan Bars has, as I mentioned a minute ago, he's got, you know, three, four years of college development experience under his belt. Elijah Hughes has tremendous upside. Which one do you think is going to have a bigger impact for USC in 2023? Exactly. Um, that's just the way it goes. For instance, USC, people have been asking the question, why isn't USC recruiting more offensive linemen? Specifically interior offensive linemen. Maybe because they've got three guys already in their class coming in. And they're courting Justin Dietrich to come back play, to play center in 2023. Because they're also looking to the transfer portal. Again, USC has players on their roster that they plan to bring up, give them, you know, let them earn their spots who already have playing experience. And at the tackle spots, I'm talking about Cortland Ford and Mason Murphy. Well, interior-wise, you've got Justin Dietrich because you're losing Andrew Voorhees. <clears throat> you're losing Brett Nealon at center. And you're losing Bobby Haskins at tackle. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, again, we, we've seen bits and pieces of Gino Quinones. We've seen bits and pieces of Andrew Malek at center. And we have Jonah Monheim returning as well. I didn't mean to leave him out. I'm just trying to gather names here off the top of my head. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they can convince uh, Justin to return to USC in 2023. I've got a good feeling about it. I think they just got to put together the right type of NIL package. And that's another aspect that uh, we talked about a little bit last week. We're going to talk about it more. But. As I said, I think the NCAA, not on purpose, it was just kind of one of those unintended consequences with the in, with the development of the early signing period and the transfer portal. It's kind of taken the fun out of letter of intent day. Still looking forward to it. I'll be in uh, I'll be in Phoenix on the twenty first, getting ready for a basketball game. USC plays Oklahoma State in the Jerry Colangelo Classic. Nevertheless. I will have the TV on during the day. I'll be looking forward to those names coming across the screen, the five stars that I mentioned, as well as the other players who are already committed that are planning to sign during the early signing period. And then I'll get to look forward to February for hopefully two or three, maybe four more commitments. All right. So, again... It's it's gotten to the point now with recruiting where it's almost like you're you're sending out a LinkedIn 
uh, purple hashtag hiring thing. Letting people know there's a job available. These days, because these days, every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team, and they do it for free. So go ahead, add your job, as well as the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile so you can spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview as well as hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. <clears throat> LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay. So I kind of explained to you why I think Letter of Intent Day is dying on the vine and, and how the NCA is partially responsible for this. Well, USC did get some recruiting news uh, over the weekend, and I'm going to bring you up to speed here real quickly. Um, I mentioned in the first segment, USC is losing out on Josiah Stewart, the rush end defensive end edge specialist. Uh, from Coastal Carolina. He never made it out to SC for his uh, official visit. He's choosing Michigan over Coach Sean Nua and defense coordinator Alex Grinch. Um, he's, I, I know that um, Stewart has a former high school teammate that's uh, on Michigan's roster, so it sounds like that might have been his comfort level. Um, however, uh, USC did, they are getting a commitment. They got a verbal commitment from Elijah Hughes. He's a six foot five, 265 pound defensive end uh, from the state of Virginia. Late bloomer guy, but he's starting to garner some attention. Uh, he had already had offers from Virginia Tech and Stanford. And if you watch his film, you can see the potential. He's one of those under the radar guys. So um, again, I don't anticipate him having an impact in 2023. Could be proven wrong. Uh, I believe he he plans to be at spring camp as well and enroll early. I'll see. I don't quote me on that. I'm not quite sure. Um, so knowing USC was counting on, well, I shouldn't say count, well, yeah, they were looking for it. They had high hopes for Josiah Stewart. Um, the question now becomes. If defensive um, candidates are hesitant to join USC, impact players, is this an Alex Grinch issue? Is this a Lincoln Riley doesn't care about defense issue? People, you know, have been throwing that around there. Or is this an NIL issue? Is Does USC need to make uh, the NIL packages um, more enticing for players on the defensive side of the ball. We know they're going to get offensive players uh, because they want to play with Caleb Williams or they want to be coached up by Lincoln Riley. No, there's a chance you're going to win a Heisman if you're a quarterback and Lincoln Riley is coaching you. Really good chance. 
So it again, it makes you wonder um, what the hesitation is, or or is USC? You know, are they again? You have the you have the early signing period to work with, but you have a a second transfer portal as well in May. So perhaps the the uh, the goal is to get through the bowl games as well as spring camp and see which other players or across the country are going to say, all right, I need another opportunity somewhere else. I thought I was going to be able to stick it out. I'm not. USC, they have their feelers out there. <clears throat> and again, this is why we refer to it as free agency. Most of the guys, well, I shouldn't even say most. There's going to be a lot of people who jump into the transfer portal that don't end up going anywhere, including back to the school they're leaving. The the guys who jump into the transfer portal that end up at places quickly, it's there's usually it's because they've been talking behind the scenes. So um once USC found out that they weren't getting uh Josiah Stewart, again, Elijah Hughes, the commitment came out. But USC did get a uh commitment through the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball. I think everyone's going to be excited. If last year USC got a Makai Blackman from Colorado, this year they're getting a Christian Roland Wallace from the University of Arizona. He plays cornerback. And again, he um, he already has uh, four years of college development under his belt. And if you remember him against USC in 2022, he had a really good game. Not only did he have a pass breakup, but he is one of one of the most sure tacklers of the secondary you're going to find. He led the team with eight tackles when USC and Arizona played in 2022. I think everybody knows USC struggled with tackling. Um, and it happened in the secondary. So this is a good get. And I will tell you this, Trojan fans, a little disappointed. You might be disappointed that the the guys aren't jumping in through the portal into USC as quickly as you'd like. I will let you know that Roland Wallace is the first of a bunch that's going to happen. These things tend to happen in, in pairs and in threes. Don't be surprised if this week more names start dropping. I'm teasing that. Throwing it out there a little bit. You can bet on it. All right. Know what else you can do? Head on over to betonline.net because betonline.net is your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, and I know you do, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, here we go. Pac-12 versus the SEC. USC versus Auburn. They played each other in basketball Sunday afternoon at Galen Center. And USC won 74 to 71. It was a really good game. Fun game to watch, just from a fan perspective. Uh, it had that 
NCAA tournament type of intensity. Uh, Auburn came in ranked number 19. USC wasn't, but that's on their, from their own volition. Earlier in the year, they literally gave the game away and lost in overtime to Tennessee in the Bahamas and did the same thing in the third place game. Didn't lose in overtime, but they gave a game, they gave the game away late against Wisconsin. Ended up losing. Nevertheless, USC is now nine and three on the year. They've won five in a row. And <clears throat> again, this is by beating the number 19 team, it's a nice resume builder. This is something it wasn't a must win, but it was a it was a much needed win uh, for USC's postseason tournament hopes. They'll have a chance to build that resume on Wednesday, as I mentioned earlier in the show. They're going to be playing the Jerry Colangelo Classic in Phoenix against Oklahoma State. That game will tip off at 8 p.m. West Coast time on ESPN. Oh, by the way, a couple of former Trojans will be in Phoenix as well, playing for Wyoming, Max Agbangpolo, and Ethan Anderson, point guard. So I'm looking forward to seeing those guys out there. They play in a game, I believe they play St. Mary's. Uh, they play in the game earlier during the day. So um, <clears throat> this is going to be a good and a bad. I'm going to call out USC fans. <clears throat> USC won the game 74-71. But you would, if you were watching on TV or if you were in the arena, you might have thought it was a freaking Auburn home game. Look, USC fans, you better get your act together. I'm getting this out of the way now. Because in a little over a year, you're joining the Big Ten. And when those programs, the Indianas, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Purdue's, the Illinois, that's a basketball conference. Those programs are going to sell out their arenas. Iowa, USC, you guys better get in there. You better figure this out. Because to hear the Auburn fans drowning out the USC fans during this game, it was embarrassing. It was pathetic. And I was getting angry. They were, first of all, I had no other choice to, but to listen to them because they were right off to my left. Um, in the two corners, they were catty corner from each other. Uh, behind the, the Auburn bench and then again uh, to the left of Press row behind the uh, goalpost, behind the, uh, the goalpost, the basket. <clears throat> Again, just it that needs to change. When um, when the two teams enter the court for their shoot around warmups, USC's fans give them a courtesy golf clap. When Auburn enters the court, their crap, their fans are on their feet. It's loud. They're doing chants. Look, I'm just saying, you can't have it. The Galen Center was built to give USC a home court advantage. And I understand it. School's out right now. Students are away. This is the type of game you would rather have played either earlier during the preseason or maybe schedule it, you know, between uh, UCLA week and uh, another conference game. Because typically during when USC and UCLA playing basketball, that's their one game of the week. And it's usually on a Saturday. So figure it out. 
make these things happen where you can make Galen Center a home court advantage for USC. With all that said, I got that out. Sorry, but it was embarrassing. Trojan fans, there was no excuse. 2.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday. Give me a break. Season ticket holders, do better. Give your tickets away if you're not going to go. But do not make it a home crowd. Auburn, they traveled. They traveled. They had got they had people there with their chest painted like they were at a football game. There was some dude there wearing a cape and a hat with a Lone Ranger mask. They represented. Anyways, USC won the game 74-71. And that's really all that matters. Boogie Ellis led everybody with a career-high 28 points. And he was uber-aggressive from start to finish. Uh, I think he had USC's first five points of the game. Um, what? And I talked about this the last time USC played with their win. <coughs> they lack size, and it showed up uh, in this game. They were out-rebounded significantly. And by significantly, I mean... <laughs> 32-19. to 19. That's what kept Auburn in the game. You know how I kept them in the game? USC only had 12 turnovers. And they were 22 for 27 from the 22 for 27 from the free throw line. And they shot nearly 46, and they shot 46% for the game. That's a winning combination. Especially when you force 23 turnovers to the other team. If USC, so here you go, USC, they, I guess what I'm trying to point out, and what Andy Anfield pointed out after the game, it was really important, he wanted to make sure everyone understood this, the team is improving. You could see it, and I can see it. Defensively, this team is, they made life really difficult for Auburn, who is a difficult team to guard because they're, they're guard-oriented, but they're, Auburn's basketball team looked like maybe it, they could be the JV football team. They had a much, they are much thicker and they have more size in USC. And again, it shows up in the defense on the defensive boards. Uh, USC only had eight offensive rebounds. Auburn had 10. So, okay, there. Again, though, to get out rebounded by 13 total, that's, that's a lot. You, you got to have more than 19 re- rebounds in a game. It's less than one a minute. I mean, you play 40 minutes. Anyways, so, again, Boogie Ellis, 28 points. Kobe Johnson, 10 points. Sophomore, team captain, team leader. Uh, it was it was fun to watch him play tonight. And he, he probably had, uh, well, he had, I would say, the play of the game oh, defensively. Drew Peterson, uh, good all-around solid performance. He didn't shoot the ball well, um, but his presence out there made a difference, especially on the defensive side. Josh Morgan, 10 points, good bounce back game. Um, Four rebounds. Again, Kobe, five rebounds. We'll we'll see how USC responds. This is the type of game that if they can build off their confidence, again, it's a win over a ranked team, win at home, going on the road, get that win, get that 10th win, 
and then you get some time off before uh, you hit the road going to the Washington schools for the Pac-12 fight. Right now, USC is 2-0 in conference. They had a win over Cal and Oregon State. Uh, they just had a couple of wins at home over Cal State Fullerton and Long Beach State and wrapped up, uh, I guess, the homestand with Auburn. That's their fifth win in a row. Nine. They're 9-3 nine and three on the season, looking to improve to 10 wins. We'll see what happens. And as well, when Locked on USC comes at you again with our next episode, I'm going to have more football recruiting information. Um, so. If this felt a little choppy, I apologize. I left the basketball game, drove right back to Arizona. It's late, but wanted to get this up for you, talk about what we can that happened over the weekend, and kind of give you my opinion. Again, tell me, what do you think? Did the NCA inadvertently kill Letter of Intent Day with the early signing period, as well as the transfer portal? And are you are you are you okay with Keeping players coming back, like Justin Dietrich. Oh, and Tuli Tuli Tuia Pelotu hasn't made his decision yet. We're going to talk about him more this week. So, is that better? Having players come back, getting players to come through the transfer portal. Is USC recruiting great? Should they be doing better in other areas? And USC basketball, get on board, get out there, support the team. Stop letting other teams make it their arena. Again, when you join the when you join the Big Ten, USC fans, you're going to need to represent yourselves a whole heck of a lot better. All right, I'm done lecturing. It's a new week, everyone. It's time to fight on. And I will see you again on a your next episode of Locked On USC. You know what to do until then.